Peekaboo. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about <coughs> raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to start the show with a quote from Buddha, which says, The way does not exist in the sky. The way exists in the heart. Oh, excellent. So we are going to start with that. Um, mm -hmm. And I believe, was it Shakespeare that also said, The fault lies not in the stars, but in ourselves? Who said that? Shakespeare, Shakespeare, yeah. okay. Her or Shakespeare, whichever yeah. one. Shakespeare, if we're that old and mm -hmm. remember. Father Sarducci. Uh -huh. Paul yeah. Prince of him, by the way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, and, and that's so, so true because we are always taught that the way to our higher consciousness or to the way to happiness is, exists somewhere outside of us in the deodorant, in that perfume, in that car romantic relationship, in the car you drive, the job you have, the money you have, where you live. There's always something out there that is uh, reputed to contain your happiness. But what if everything that you could ever desire or would ever heal you is contained right in your own heart? Intriguing yeah. idea. You're saying this afternoon the Native American concept that if you have nothing, you have everything. Yeah, um, that had actually happened. Uh, uh, I was telling the story, I, I wished to have a bunch of land so I could open a metaphysical campground. This was many years ago where people could come if you're you know, not able to pay your rent, you can come pitch a tent and things like that. And then I was hearing all this stuff that people go through when you have land with taxes and keeping hunters off your property and everything like that. And so I thought, boy, that would be not a gift of freedom. That would actually be an obligation. And so then I heard a Native American quote that says, when you own land, it owns you basically, but you're, you're, you have... When you own a piece of land, you own only that piece of land. When you own nothing, then you own it all. And I started seeing that this way, lighting, lightening your burden in that way, you can enjoy all the different parks and various things like that. Yeah, we have a friend that took a cruise, and uh, you paid for everything just in, initially. You paid for it, no tipping, nothing. So he didn't touch uh, money for seven days for a week. And he was commenting about the amount of attention that actual money gets, not just earning the money, but spending the money. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, this point. is a planet that is enslaved to money. And uh, that takes up so much of your brain, you know, doing the pie graph. You wouldn't think money per se, cash, etc., uh, would take up that much of the pie, but it does. It, in a way, it takes up all of it. It's just the surface moving of uh, coins between us. This is all absurd. The advanced planets, uh, you can tell a planet's advanced, they don't trade currency. They would trade services, things, ideas, but not money, nothing like that. So it's very different. That's all part of the, uh, of the way. Uh, we are on the path to the uh, creation of Earth as an advanced planet. We are working on it. And uh, we uh, um, constantly are giving people the most amazing information on this show and it is a call-in show and if you have any question, uh, any reason that you would like to call, call that you're lonely, call whatever that might be, we would be very uh, privileged to assist you to see the uh, layers of what it is we struggle with because it is so easy to get caught in the minutiae and uh, never see the, any of the big pictures. 
especially in our world, which is status and money and <laughs> the, it, on the advanced worlds, there isn't anything like the entertainment in, uh, industry that we have on this planet. There isn't really a Hollywood uh, because everyone is so interested in their own life. Uh, well, I could see why I might want to take off time for my own life to be entertained. Yes, definitely. But that's our lives. We just seek to be entertained. You know, you're watching television expecting entertainment and you found us. And we're very entertaining. However, this concept of uh, outgrowing uh, the life we have, you know, television, not our program, uh, is a form of an anesthetic. It is definitely a drug. Uh, you know, what? <laughs> literally, that's why Breaking Bad was so popular. <laughs> they, they just admitted it, that's all they did. But uh, this concept of um, mm -hmm. uh, <coughs> seeing the way, and it is uh, not so visible. Well, just looking at that, uh, that uh, quote that I said earlier about the way does not exist in the sky, it exists in the heart. Mm -hmm. I think another way to look at that is we tend to look for who we are in the macrocosm rather, in the, rather than in the microcosm of ourself, let's mm -hmm. say. Uh, so we're looking to the sky to see this bigger picture of us, which I think is a valid, valid oh, perspective on us. Yeah. But we can't ever really get oriented in that until we go inward first. It's like the teaching in the mystery schools of the J-hook, where you go down in order to go up. Yeah, you go yeah. down in order to uh, ascend. You have to. you have to go through your subconscious and unconscious mm -hmm. mind in and order to, to get anywhere. You have to hit your bottom before you can mm -hmm. climb back up. That works that way. Well, yeah, and I, so. I don't think it has to be a painful thing to go hit a bottom, a hit a rock bottom. I think we create that for ourselves sometimes. Uh, because uh, we're bottom asleep. Can be painful. Yes, it can hurt your head. So well, it depends on which bottom you hit, but mm -hmm. yeah. So, so in order to find the way through the heart that involves clearing out the heart of anything held on to. As a matter of fact, I have on iTunes on Meditation Break, which is a podcast I put up, there's there is a meditation called Heart Healing in which it walks you through healing some of the things in your heart and letting it go and the way I was visualizing it is if you see your heart as a spinning center and all those old emotions and pains are stuck in there and as it spins normally the event the feeling goes through your heart and then it gets broadcast or released and when we hold on to it because we don't understand or we don't have um, um, an emotional release connected with it, it'll just stick there. Oh, yeah. Now, there is a specific reason, this quote that we brought this evening, there's a specific reason that it's true. There's many, many specific reasons. Yes, one I'd like to uh, talk about, which is the idea that um, the reason it is the heart is that uh, the human body has two poles, uh, which uh, one being the top of the head, the other being the coccyx, that triangular bone at the base of the spine, which contains the original eight cells that you were, the Merkaba that began your existence. You know, the um, sperm and egg divide, 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 and you've got eight cells. Those cells never die, and the body knows about them and protects them in the coccyx. Now, that is the negative pole on the body, that triangular bone, and the positive pole on the body is the very top of the head which would be sky. 
Now the object, that, so that's called um, ha, and the negative pole is called tha. So hatha yoga is the study of the poles, and the whole point of the study of the poles is to get them to be in the same place at the same time. If you can successfully get them in the same place at the same time, you really do achieve godhood, you really do become aware. And uh, so that's why the answer is in the heart rather than in the sky or the earth, either one. And we are all capable of this, and all you really have to do is decide on doing this. It does work that way. So that's basically the deal. Well, you know, I think that whenever the first moment that we became familiar or embraced the concept of heaven and heaven being up in the sky, our, our deep subconscious and our conscious mind is always looking for a way to attain that, to get to that place, that somehow we are separate from that zone of happiness or uh, salvation, and that we must always be in pursuit of it. And often we view ourselves and that journey inside ourselves as this piece of cellophane we're, we're attempting to shake off of our hand that keeps sticking to us. And it's like, what is this? Get out of my way. Let me. Uh, renounce, renounce the body. Uh, renunciates is or that what, where we say yeah. the body has no importance. My everyday life has no importance. Nothing has importance but the spiritual thing. And really the next step on our spiritual journey, now that people are starting to recognize the power that we have and in, in the fact that we are all on our spiritual journey, is how to incorporate it in our everyday life, in our emotional bodies, in our physical bodies, in driving around the beltway on, during rush hour. How is it that we integrate all aspects of ourselves? And it's not a matter of fleeing into heaven or suffering now in order to wait for heaven later. Uh, I think that people get very comfortable with that idea of suffering now and then have the reward of heaven later. Mm -hmm. And that it's quite uncomfortable to be happy now because then there's the fear that something worse will come later. So I think it's a matter of embracing what's here now. Oh, absolutely. And um, that's very well put because the um, idea that there is no there, which is a very important concept to begin this process of recognizing anything. There's nothing there. I was just writing, if you saddle up your imagination and you travel into space in your imagination and you reach a place where the stars are unfamiliar, the stars are not there, the stars are here at that moment. Okay, so the idea of the now, yes, we agree, but there's also the idea of the here, which is uh, basically the same thing, but uh, it's approached a different way, yeah, so yeah. we are always here. You know, that's very interesting. Um, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I had written uh, an article many, uh, like, um, you know, when we, right after we had met, about mm -hmm. the here and now as opposed to just the now. Yeah. Because a lot of times we can be worried about problems that exist in our now, mm -hmm. but they're not here. They're not visible. They're not right in front of us. So it's not a tangible thing for us to be concerning ourselves with. Yeah, so it's a very important concept. The new age is uh, founded in this. Uh, um, kind of naive uh, uh, um, mm -hmm. comprehension of the world uh, because you can, uh, you know, as, as the uh, Hindis are talking about the idea of uh, being an enlightened householder, uh, and I forget the name of the particular guru that had a family and children but was enlightened, uh, mm -hmm. and that was um, oh, a long time ago in 
autobiography of a yogi, they mentioned this particular individual. So it is possible to be in the real world and also to be enlightened in the real world, although mm -hmm. you're likely to experience a change of job. <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, being well, aware. What if, what if we didn't have to radically change our life to be happy? What if you could be happy exactly where you are with the same job that you have now? Well, yeah, I happiness. think that we have uh, in our spiritual practice with the law of attraction, which is a true statement, but that it's bigger than what we are typically using it as, as far mm -hmm. as quote unquote manifesting, which it's not really about manifesting, it's about creation. And the Aborigines believe that the dream time is the state at which all things coexist. So the thought of a manifestation and the manifestation are all one thing. Yeah. And for us to even believe that it has to be manifested shows that we are believing they are in two different places yeah. and that somehow we have to build a bridge to get to the other mm -hmm. side. And I think it's important to see that it's really about creating than manifesting. Yeah. Um, so what is it that we would love to create and then get out of the mindset that money is our only wealth because that is just bringing the same stress we have in our jobs to, the, the, um, to our spiritual practice. Yeah, by that same principle, if you phrase something as a question, you've automatically kept yourself from having the answer. Mm -hmm. because you stated it as a question. Same, you know, basic principle of manifestation. It just is. Thought is manifestation. That's the way it works. So Drumlow's uh, quote, once again, thought creates, and where you place your attention grows or manifests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is basically the uh, entire of the flux right there. So, and um, whoever it was that actually wrote uh, what Bob Marley sang, don't worry, be happy. This is it. If we were all just happy, nobody, nobody would have any authority over us because you cannot have an authority figure yeah, other McFerrin, than your own. McFerrin, that's how you Other say. than your own, that um, when you are your own authority figure, then you can be happy. But if there's somebody masquerading as an authority figure, you could still be happy, but you wouldn't want to tell them that you don't regard them. Well, if you just look at the word authority, authority that's the author. Yeah. So mm -hmm. next time you default to an authority, ask yourself if you really truly wish for that person or organization to be authoring an aspect of your life. In truth, even if you had them authoring some aspect of your life, it's still true that you authored them doing that, and so everything really is up to us anyway. Yeah. But what about you being the author of your life? I mean, that's a very powerful thing. The um, question is be, uh, being aware that you're the, uh, you know, everything that happens in your life is your idea. Until we get to that point where we know that everything that happens is our idea, we're in some shadow of the blame game. If it's anybody else's idea, if it's anyone else's, pardon the expression, fault, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yes, loved, etc., and we want to see love in everything, and since everything is love, that's a very different way to see the world. Well, another thing, we were talking earlier about this projection outside to figure out who we are, and so we look for, um, we are projecting ourselves into these things that are merely here as clues to who we are. For example, our astrological sign or some palmistry aspect 
or our job title or how much money we have or whatever. And we are looking at that and actually placing an identity or some kind of personal reference to that mm -hmm. when in actuality it's just a clue to who we are. And so let's not confuse the clues with the actual thing. No, true, true. And so what are the things that you are associating yourself with? I found Robert Fulgham's writings back in the 80s to be very powerful. They, they were meaningful, a lot of times they were very feeling oriented, but I remember one where he was talking about writing his business card and how much he pondered it. And he wrote all these things because with his little girl he was a clown. So he wrote clown, he wrote, uh, I don't know, it was just this whole long list of things and, he, and he, the whole point of the article was how can I capture who I am? in this business card with a few lines because I'm not a banker or a doctor or whatever. And so that became an interesting exercise for me and I carried a business card around with me. I would make new business cards all the time and I did this for many years until I found one that really fit right. But what if you were to create a business card and instead of calling it a business card, it's a you card and you could fill the entire business card, what would you say about yourself? This can be in a very enlightening exercise because what you write down can show you the areas where you feel externalized approval are necessary for you to feel whole. It can show you things that you're not allowing out on your regular business card. You will really start to understand who you are. Then print it out and put it in your purse or your pocket or wallet and look at it every couple weeks and make revisions as you as you go along and after a while you're going to really start to know who you are yeah our earlier cards um, did you know Sekim we would initiate people in Sekim so that was on so we had quite a list but it now this was long before that with with personal things like like I uh, understand I'm just commenting yeah. you yeah. know that that is yeah. the way Bus that but business as well for sure yeah mm -hmm. Um, so I have um, looked at palms for a very long time in this lifetime and there is a doorway in looking at someone's palm by the way that you, uh, so when I originally found it I said circuit diagram, I originally said road map, your path map in this case and then it became a circuit diagram. And yeah I like that circuit diagram, that's yeah. very good. And then uh, lately this, your palm is a glyph that is your incarnational contract, which is highly amendable. You know, so the insight that it provides. Uh, and the, the still people are surprised when I say your palm will change. As you change, your palm will change, and therefore a lot of people don't change their palm much because they get to a certain place. But better and better, more and more of us are becoming awake, and I feel uh, the program that we've been doing here since 2000 and we've always been and still are ahead of uh, whatever the, because um, the, the grand things that sweep the nation, the um, law of attraction, are only a certain frequency. They aren't really much Well, you have to carry it, just to, yeah. carry that concept to your spiritual growth, too. Yeah, okay. And so we've been providing things above because um, once you become sensitive enough to the language, certain things just absolutely ping and then I have to figure out why it pinged. And law of attraction went, just went thud, the note that it hit when I first heard it. Not that, uh, not that that's, but it became the secret also, is there's no such thing as a secret. Yeah. Well, I remember you had a 
mystery school that was called, yeah, or, or that there is no mystery school. Really are. There is no mystery. Yeah, school. Yeah. Well, I think that there are definitely mysteries on one level, but not mysteries that are unsolvable and we each have no. our own. But one thing I wanted to say before you moved off the palmistry thing that I think is so different and unique about you when you do your palm oh, readings thank you. is that you actually have a device that you created, which is extremely powerful. We were in uh, Ohio recently at an expo doing readings, and it's two crystals, and you've got copper and moldavite and a magnet, and it's really a powerful thing. I mean, you can feel it feet away. You can feel it, and you actually help people to rewrite things on their palm as a way of creating that state within themselves, which is really unheard of. I mean, typically, I, I've read palms on and off since I was a kid, and I'm not like you, of course. Uh, I had my own system, and but I have done a lot of reading as well. And uh, see how you do it. And I've seen a lot of palmists, and I've never seen anybody that goes and helps someone create a new future, which is really what it's about. I have on my website, it's not about knowing your future, it's about creating it. So finding out about the trajectory of your life is useful in recreating it. Yeah, so it's very, very different. Yeah, I've been doing this for a very long time. The I know, I know, 40 something years, correct? A bit longer, but yeah, technically. I, as I said, my grandmother showed me palmistry when I was a kid, but kids don't read palms. And then when I was 18, whoosh, and been doing that ever since. There was yeah. the. I, I actually did when I was a kid, so kids do read palms. Well, yeah, but usually. But you mean as a living? Or as well, a no, just that the child more or less accepts, you know, uh, simplicity of belief that as a child doesn't have the. Uh, uh, capacity to comprehend certain things. They just, you know, isn't, doesn't work that way, but mm -hmm. I'm sure you did. And um, because yeah. it was just a direct connect channel. Yeah. But uh, usually the child is. Um, yeah. Well, so I well would we're talking about the heart yes. and going through the heart. Well, the heart has to open before you can walk through it, right? The heart has to open. Hmm. And so I have found, and this is a universal truth, it's not just in my own heart, of course, but that the heart will open spontaneously and naturally in the absence of fear. So it's not a matter of you yanking this door open or going through horrible memories and prying them loose and taking your hands and opening them up, prying them open, and it's nothing like that. All you're really doing is working on your relationship with fear. And eventually, you will see that fear is all fictional. And so um, by letting it go and mm -hmm. feeling safe, the heart automatically opens up. And then a lot That's of people well say, put. well, what if my heart opens up and people trample it? What if people think that uh, I'm an easy mark then, they can walk all over me? What about then? Well, the thing is, is when there is no fear, there is no attack. You can't see it as an attack. Yeah. And this idea that our spiritual life, our work life, every moment is our spiritual path. I had done some automatic writing many years ago where someone had asked, how can I find my path? And it said that you are always walking on your path and you cannot be off your path. It's impossible. That was so eye-opening for me at the time. And it is true. You can't be off your path. So if you're in the middle of uh, the DMV or if you're in a restaurant or your office or in a board meeting, you are on your path. So find all the nuggets of beauty that are on there. Yeah. 
It is an impossibility not to be on the path. I know. And yeah, yeah and uh, also uh, that would lead one to understand then uh, your walk on the path, you are the path, be the path, which is very different. And or not, it's just slight hair, but it's still a, a slightly more polished crystal, the understanding of being the path, as opposed to walking it, which is as we said, a All slight right. shade of separation from mm -hmm. it. And I had something following that. I really did, and it <laughs> had to do with this. Um, hey, if you all at home have any questions, do feel free to call in, because um, that is our point of our show here, is to understand and to help you to understand. And if you do call in, you will be asking questions on behalf of uh, uh, many, many people that will have the same questions, so you'll be a hero. You'll be a hero. Okay, well, so, so this the matter of trusting, trusting reality. Oh, yeah. And also trusting that it's okay for you to look within yourself, to go into the microcosm, rather than looking at the generic overview. Oh, yeah. we have a call. Hi, caller. What's your Hi. name, please? Hi. Hi, you're on the air. Me? Yes, yes you. Uh -huh. Oh, goodness. Okay, hold on one second. Oh, oh great. Well, thanks for fast, calling. Yes. Oh, thanks for having me. So, um, my, yeah. my friend died a few months ago, and I've been seeing him uh, periodically. Um, it's typically at night, and I don't understand why he might be coming to me. Well, at night, you're more receptive to the subtle energies, and that would be why at night. And the, um, when two human beings form a relationship, it doesn't end because one of the incarnates uh, has finished their mission and gone on to whatever's next. So the other person uh, still is in relationship with the person. I recently had a dream of my father, in which I re who's been gone for some time now, uh, and that I was able to recognize uh, um, kaleidoscope of things that had never been present in my thinking before about the relationship I had with him. And this was in a dream, and I was saying, you know, Dad, we've been together so many lifetimes. I um, want to thank you for showing up as Dad and doing all that Dad stuff. And it, I was crying in my sleep at that point. Oh, but, goodness. Yeah, so there's more, you know, this is good. Now, what did this. your friend say when, mm -hmm. when he came? He doesn't say anything. He just kind of stares at me, hmm. and he looks really sad. But um, I also have another question, sure. if you don't mind me asking. Um, Not at all. I have a friend who's clairvoyant, uh -huh. and she tells me all the time that I'm possessed by Satan. Uh. Um, I do practice Ouija on almost a daily basis. Wow, well, thank um, you. And hmm. I am a Satanist, so I don't... I don't know. Could I be possessed by the devil? Okay, so let's Can you, address does this. Is anybody just picking one, up on these signals here? <laughs> just, <laughs> just one second. As much as we would love to believe in all that, okay. Please, okay. Go ahead. I was talking to Rick. Go right. right ahead. Focus. Okay. <laughs> as much as we would love to, first of all, God made Satan. Also, why would God do such a thing? Okay, and that is to uh, for those who. Um, 
I'm, I'm just going to have to think for a second to put this yeah. together. Well, okay. I, I wanted to respond a little sure, bit to the first question yeah. because the second question is ridiculous and I'm not going to respond to it. But There's an answer um, that this woman could use. Okay, well, well say it then. Okay, I'll just a moment while I collect my thoughts. Okay, then I will answer the first question. Fine. You just told me no. Um, the first question, and then when you collect your thoughts, please chime in and, and say that. I was just talking about the first question because people have called a lot of times and said that, that when someone passes that they see them and they look sad. And I, I just w would like to let people know that my take on that is it's not so much that they're sad, it's that our vibration of sadness will bring them to, when they're nearby, will project that onto them. So the key to watch, to being able to see people in spirit be happy is to go up to a higher level. Yeah. So there's the ancient Greek word nemesis, which uh, means your best friend. It does in, in um, ancient Greek, it means best friend, but these days nemesis has this darker connotation, which is not at all true. Uh, someone can be your best friend enough to tell you something that's the matter with you, and that is an act of love. So absolutely everything is love. There's no exception to it. So then those that must um, approach it this way then look at the dark side of things. But the dark side does nothing more than push you towards the light, and those who are in the light pull you towards the light. So it's either pushed or pulled. So basically that's the good and evil a connotation, mm -hmm. which is childlike, good and evil. I mean, that's, that's, there's nobody that doesn't know the difference between good and evil. And uh, nobody that seems to get enough attention on this planet, which is another aspect of this. You know, if you say, oh, I'm one of those people, then, oh, we'll give you a lot of attention because we're afraid of our own shadow, basically. Yeah, so and, and that's basically what it is. Um, if we, if we, yeah. Go ahead then, finish up. Oh, well, just a conclusion that it doesn't make any difference if you're pushed or pulled, you're going to the light. I you're know, that's a, that was a great conscious. point. It was a yeah. beautiful point. It was Thank a beautiful you. point. Uh, okay. I think everybody can see that. <coughs> what you said, and I think it, it was very well Yeah, and it doesn't well make said. any difference. It's not even interesting. Okay, we have okay. another call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Julie. Julie. Julie? Um, I'm hoping you can help me with a dream. Oh, sure. we'd love to. Um, I was dreaming that I was in the wetlands, um, or what looked like the wetlands to me. There was tall green grass um, interspersed with water, mm -hmm. and um, I was surrounded by it, and it was very calm and very quiet. And I looked down, and at first I thought I was standing in a spot of grass, but instead, it looked like I was either coming out of the grass myself, or the lower half of my of my body was actually grass. Mm. And that was it. That was the whole dream. Okay. Wow. Well, that is definitely grounding. Um, truly, so you are you are thinking of your roots. You are thinking of your connection to the earth. Um, the green and the, the imagery in the dream is uh, very um, rich, very uh, full of life. That's the wetlands uh, foster every bit of sea life there is. 
uh, as, which is why people are upset if you're destroying wetlands to build mm -hmm. apartments because mm -hmm. you're also destroying uh, the oceans, please. It's uh, so many. So um, that's also kind of a uh, earth goddess mother <laughs> picture. Here, go ahead. If you're, are you saying? I'm just. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing. Just finish That's your... That's just uh, my just interpretation of yeah. what she had. Yeah. yeah. If you're okay. done, then, I'm done. then I will. I'm not, I'm not like trying to scoot mm -hmm. you uh, through or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I was just thinking, uh, the wetlands, that really is good, uh, an interesting thing. And I would ask you, is green anything um, to you? I, I mean, I know we all have our connections to colors, but is there uh, something to do with green? Like, is that um, something important to you? Well, I, I like to be surrounded by um, greenery. I mean, I would never like to live like in a, a high rise where I'm surrounded by concrete. I would, I feel I would always need to be near uh, trees and bushes and that type of thing. I find it very um, calming to uh, be surrounded by a lot of greenery. Yeah, you know, and I think that's so interesting too because grass filters water. Um, there is a lot about the, the greenery. It filters things and, mm -hmm. it, and it processes the sun and everything. But there was something, uh, if we look at the water being interspersed and we look at water as our emotion, our consciousness, and mm -hmm. grounding our consciousness and having yourself be nourished by your own peace and your own peaceful thoughts, uh, I, I just think yeah, it was well such a wonderful <clears throat> interchange between the emotion and the action in our life because plants are sun and water in action if we think about it mm -hmm. and so we've got the action in the lower part of the body but it's being nourished by the emotion and I would say that that is something that's come to you through many lifetimes and particularly this lifetime where you are getting those into perfect balance with yourself and, yeah. and it is true, the wetlands really is the beginning of the food chain on, for a lot of uh, sea, life. sea life yes, and, and therefore our life. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. the beginning. So going back to your roots, your yeah. beginnings and flourishing. That, but that's thank you. It's a very positive dream. Mm -hmm. I know. It was very peaceful just to hear about it. Yeah, right? connection. Yeah, that felt very good. Thank uh, you. Th thank, thank you for the call. This was a magnificent call. We'd love yeah. to hear from you again. And the wet and the land is is often uh, we connect the land with being the mind and the water with being the emotion, like in the a tarot heart. card yeah. and the symbolism in a tarot card. Mm -hmm. So the fact was that she was wet land, and it, and it really is balancing these. And many people, that's a, a big challenge for them is is to balance that. Mm -hmm. Now the, this. Uh, stuff that we were talking of before and thank you again for your call if anybody else has a dream or anything they'd like mm -hmm. a question about yeah. this idea of um, good and evil really as long as you have good and evil every time you create a saint you create a demon yeah. and every time you create a god you create a devil I mean this this idea in our mind when everything is really in its entirety as a whole yeah. and you can only go so far in your spiritual development until you're willing to look at this a little differently. Yeah. Otherwise you're always going to be combating evil and championing good or running from evil and running toward good or the other way around but it's certainly not going to be a fun party. Well that is bipolar as such. Mm -hmm. You know if you're pronounced bipolar all you're doing is uh, taking your time about the shift from good to evil. You know, it's Monday, I'm evil. It's Tuesday, I'm good. It's Wednesday, I'm evil. It's Thursday. You yeah. know, dink, dink, dink. That's really not interesting. While the planet itself is physically bipolar, um, 
we are the third component. Uh, we've taught countlessly on this show to switch from bipolar thinking, good and evil, because it's just going to uh, shake you to pieces and then you'll reincarnate and do it again until you get to the point where good and evil are just no game to play. Good God, it, uh, no matter how dark it is, it turns out to be light, no matter how light it is. It, it just goes back and forth. There's really no point to this. This is uh, how many thousand years uh, more people have died owed to, owing to uh, uh, the struggle between good and evil. Now, that's a child's game. The third point, any two things you think are opposite, good and evil, there's a third point that lets you see them the same <laughs> as the same thing. So good and evil, like yin and yang, are self-defining, and good and evil. Uh, and here's, here's the door that opened for me. When I recognize that both good and evil are teachers as such, that's what they have as a commonality. They both teach. They are therefore both components within everyone. And uh, so, yeah, and good, now we're done with that. What can we do with our life? You know, besides play this good and evil game, this is the most ridiculous thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, please, uh, we could put an end to this. No matter how dark it was, it brought light with it. It's just, this is a well, child's in my in my pursuit insanity. of uh, clearing my own fear, and I really do yeah. feel we go through our own fear, and it's the metaphor of Christ's 40 days in the desert battling mm -hmm. demons, and it's really our own fears that we walk through and we do it for 40 days in a desert or we do it for 20 years in forms of relationships and insecurities or we do it in whatever way comes to you but whatever it is it's a gift and it's a sacred rite of passage to walk past your fears to walk over those coals mm -hmm. and we must approach it as uh, a movement forward and an advance and that yeah. fear really does guard you, the boundaries of your belief systems. Uh -huh. And I tell you when I, I know you saw that on Star Trek, but it, this is something that came to me in a spiritual moment that was extremely profound to me. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking at fear differently. And I know we had had discussions years ago about just shutting off fear, mm -hmm. fear off where you snap your fingers and shut the fear off. What I, I think that that is a great thing to do, but also to see what it has brought to you by saying my old friend fear come sit on my lap and looking at it from that perspective you are putting yourself bigger than it because all resistance will will persist as Leah used to say so at any rate um, I think dealing with our fears is important and understanding the way and knowing that you can never be lost and that there is no finish line and there's nowhere you have to be and you're alive infinitely forever and ever to explore different things it takes a lot of the pressure off so All enjoy the action, ride yeah. stop smell the roses metaphorically and literally yeah so I'm now at the point in the, you know putting together the next uh, part of whatever it is I'm to become, I have it that if something causes me fear, okay, I immediately ask it to show me that it's a form of love, okay? Mm -hmm. And so uh, anything, doubt, um, any of the, um, uh, those emotional states we manage to generate that do nothing other than paralyze us and create chaos, you know, as soon as you're afraid, you Okay, and you're paralyzed because of the um, um, uh, emotional patterning and fear shuts you down. 
and then you're just, you know, deer in headlights look. Okay, so then if I, uh, so my stomach is being very loving uh, to occasionally uh, cause me to uh, physically experience a fear. So uh, I, I have enough of it in place that I would ask, why is this love? And uh, it isn't long, uh, because before I ask why it is love, I tell it, whatever the fear is, I tell it I love it. And then why is this love? And that's a very different mm -hmm. way to go. My old friend fear, what have you come yes, to tell exactly. me? Yes, exactly, yeah. Love, I think that's brilliant, and I'm so glad that, um, that you are, uh, have uh, had those epiphanies because I think it's a profound thing. And yes. It's uh, very good for all of My us. My name in ancient Greek was uh, Epiphius. Everybody applauded. I could never figure out why. It's like when I walked in a room, people would just figure things out. It was mom's idea. At any rate, no. That's so all I was around computers when I was in yeah. IT. I would walk into I the office epiphious. and they would just be working all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, you frightened them. I know, when I was a no, kid, we I had a TV. Couldn't. I know. We had a TV, and as soon as the repair guy would show up, it would just snap, too, just like that. That's always the way that. it is. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time I worked for a restaurant, and we called the repair guy because the refrigerator wasn't working. We tried everything to get that thing to come on, circuit breakers, and then realized that the night before, somebody mopping had knocked the plug out. So he was kind enough to write on the order ticket that there was actually something wrong, so we didn't get in trouble for the service call. So that was anyway, kind of um, so that is funny. Well, so what is the way? I think sometimes we feel like we lose our way, and there is a feeling that we get when we're empty and we feel lost and we feel like there's nothing there and that we're we're messing everything up and that our decisions have led us astray somehow. And where is my path? What is the path that God has chosen for me or that I have chosen for me? I feel so separate. I know there is some longing that's waiting for me to find this. And I think we all feel that. But really, it's never about going and finding some path. It's, it's, that's the red herring. It's that sometimes we have these feelings or this desire for something or this fear of something in order to make, make us walk down this particular road that has all these little treasures on it that we pick up along the way and realizations about who we are. And it's just like a Mar Mario game. What is that game? Is it Mario? Yeah, Mario. Mario. Anyway, where the little thing and it bumps its head and it cashes in on all this. Well, the paths that we walk that's where it all is. And I know you hear people talk about the destination. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And I agree. Mm -hmm. But it, it's, it's really that the, the destination is a red herring. And so if we get too distracted in it, then not, we, we won't just walk down the path. We will be stuck on the path, yeah. so to speak. And but the, even one of the perfect. main messages of the show is that the answer is not outside. The answer is inside. Uh, X-Files and Boulder, all of, the, all of the number of times they said the answer's out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. we, we were being fibbed to. Oh. Yes. Okay. Well, we know the truth now, right? Mm -hmm. Quack, quack. Here come the duck. Jonathan, thank you. I can't stare up there too long. Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Gotta wait till it comes down. Oh. All right. A change in residence or real estate purchase is coming your way.
Are you ready for things to go in a new direction? Actually pick two, but I'll only read one. Express the music you have moving through you. It will open many creative doors. Okay, and this Excellent. is my Mary's Magical Message deck that we're pulling uh -huh. from, from the duck. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So indeed, the way through the duck. heart, yeah. there is a door in your heart, and it leads to places grander than you've ever imagined. Yeah. Allow yourself to step through it. And remember, the absence of fear will reveal the door to you. And the fear is right in front of the door. So if you're fearful, that you know you're close. Yeah. It would be um, very controversial to presume that there's absolutely nothing the matter and that it's what? all going to work out. And um, you wouldn't even say that because you would fear that you would jinx it. And this is just silly. It's time silly to move baby. on. It's time for the, uh, all of the new age to just uh, awaken. Well, we often say we're ushering in the newer age. Yeah, and that would work that way. So we have our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Yes, hi. This is Shirley. Hi, Mary. Shirley. Hi, Neville. Hi, Shirley. Hello, hello. Hey. It was hey. great seeing you guys at Fastways. Oh, oh. Well, I wanted to uh, thank you um, for your insights here, and I also wanted to share something with you. There's a book I read many years ago, and I always think of it when I think of fear or evil, and the title of it, I think, pretty much says it all. It says, it is all, capital A, capital L, L, right? It is all right. And so what I have done is taken that, applied it to fear and evil and other things, and what mm -hmm. I have done is taken that and said, okay, if it is all right and it is all correct, then what is the positive intent of this fear in front of me and or this evil? Yeah, very evil? good. Yeah. What is, the, what is the message? Yeah. yeah, and how is this yet another form of love? But if, if it's something you don't like, it is a form of love you have yet to recognize. And exactly. it's not so difficult to recognize it once you get that search engine up and running. Yeah, everything is always a message. It always contains mm -hmm. some gift for us. Mm -hmm. And if we ignore any aspect of our reality, we're ignoring a gift. Mm -hmm. There's a lesson, a gift, and everything. Well, thank you. That was a very yeah. nice call. Thank you. Did, uh, okay. Okay. Well, um, truly so. Mm-hmm. Well, and you have, uh, I don't believe we have any calls, so maybe they're coming. You have combined your two decks. Yes. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> well, so I, since they're the same size, I thought I would. We, we do? We no, we don't. Well, let's continue the talk about the heart and opening it up. And, and I think it would be a good idea for us to do a show on fear sometime. Uh, it's been many years yeah, since we've used yeah. that as the single topic. And that was one of the very first shows we did that was not mm -hmm. an exclusive reading show or, or some divination type thing where it mm -hmm. was called the Banishing Fear three-part series. And I think that would be fun to air that again. Yeah. Plus, we'll look like youngsters on it. So oh, good, it'll be yeah, interesting. that would work. Uh, perhaps we will find it and uh, convert it to a DVD and uh, uh, play it again. Because in it, we did talk a lot about fear, mm -hmm. uh, fear, guilt, doubt, and worry. It was a four-part series where we did fear, we did guilt, we did doubt, and we did worry. Mm -hmm. We did those a number of times over the last 14 years. Yeah, there's a few more. But I think and it's time again. Yeah. And it is, if you run energy through the fear, which we understand you've been shut down and so you're not running energy, as soon as you're afraid, you shut down in so many ways uh, to arbitrarily, the EFT that you do, 
is running energy through mm -hmm. something that was an explosion and that you're still afraid well, of, which is brilliant. Well, something I would like to say real quick um, about fear, there was the realization that um, that you used to make. We, we had this conversation a lot where I said fear is our friend and you said no fear, you cut it off. I think there are times when that is very critical too. Yeah. So perhaps you could talk about the way you used to look at it that, about um, that you search your brain for a fear and you turn it off. Because yes. I think that yes, fear contains a message, but if you're not going to get the message and you're just going to let it run over and over again, there are times where you cut it off too. Well, that's where you run a more positive energy through the fear by... You know, no, 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 not, not this know, new but thing, but your old one, your old I know technique. the old one. What the old one was, was to run a positive energy through the fear. You shut it off, but it'll just reinitialize. You shut it off and you put a higher frequency thought in your brain so that that can take you away from it. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I was thinking of something else. That's very good too, though. Yeah. Do we um, have a call? We do indeed. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, how are you doing today? Good, good. What can we do for you? My name's Kathy. Kathy, hi. Hey. Um, I'd like to see two questions, if I could. One is that I've been running after money for a long time and proposals and things, and I'm trying to just sit still because, like you were talking about fear, if you're too fear or too needy, things don't come to you. Well put. Am I on the right path or things on okay. the way? Okay. <laughs> Deepak Chopra covered that one pretty good by saying there are two goddesses. There's the goddess of wealth and the goddess of wisdom. And whichever goddess you pursue, the other one pursues you. So you have told me you're pursuing the goddess of money, you know, wealth, whatever that goddess is. And so wisdom is pursuing you. So if you desire wealth, then pursue wisdom. Deepak Chopra's concept, and you're still there, or not? Are you there? Kathy, where'd you go? Yeah, I am, but my phone was going in and out, so I only caught half of what you had, what you said. I'm here, hello? Yes, hello? yes, yes, we're here too, okay. Once more, very briefly, Deepak Chopra said there are two goddesses, goddess of wealth, goddess of wisdom. Whichever goddess you pursue, the other one pursues you. So when you're pursuing money, wisdom pursues you. But if you pursue wisdom, money pursues you. Yeah, I think that's very uh, profound. I remember hearing that. It's yeah, yeah. Good to be reminded of that. It's been ages. It's very, yeah, yeah. very good. Uh, that's, that's definitely one of the techniques around here. And plus just the whole idea of pursuit um, represents a gap in between. Yes, so, phrasing it as a question. But I, what, what you were saying about that wisdom, I think, is very powerful because if we look at wisdom, I mean, as money, as being the happiness, the end result, rather than the vehicle to the end result, then I think it's kind of a dry concept. It's a nebulous thing. Yeah. You can pursue the feeling that that would be there. Yeah. Did you have a second question, Kathy, before we move on? Okay. Kathy, are you there? I guess not. Okay. So anyone may call in if uh, we're going to be at Ruby. Mm -hmm. If you like, call in. We're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays in uh, somewhere around 10 o'clock here. In Fairfax Circle. Yeah, if you'd like to join us, you're perfectly welcome. Mm -hmm. And um, let me see. We've been so busy. God. Oh, the, uh, I'm doing an oh, art yeah, show. Oh, yeah, your art show. I did, I did post a link on the website on the main page, so if you're mm -hmm. watching online, you can look right above this window and see 
it says uh, Neville's Art Show in Annapolis, and you can click on it and it gives you the address if you'd like to come mm -hmm. out and see all his works. There are uh, lots of them and they're very beautiful, and so we get a yeah. chance to see them up close. Art in the Park, Quiet Waters Park, I believe it is, mm -hmm. in Annapolis. 6,000 6, Quiet Waters Park Road, Road. Yeah. In Annapolis. in Annapolis. So yeah. come on out. It's Saturday and, and it's, Sunday. Uh, yeah, and it's jazz and food as well. And if mm -hmm. uh, when we're intrigued to do so. Uh, yes, indeedy. So that that be. You can see all of the paintings mm -hmm. in, in one place. I've, uh, since I began painting again, I cleared more than 130 paintings I've done in the last couple of years. If so you wish to. Just talking that, about it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're inspired. I'm inspired. The spirit came in. <laughs> yes. So, what else? There's, um, yeah, basically it is to um, combine your poles, you find yourself in the heart, and then you can create. Uh, the That's whole true. point of Hatha Yoga, mm -hmm. and basically the point of the uh, incarnational joy that we're all experiencing, uh -huh. or could be. Would you like to pull a card no, in general? No, no, I'm just the separating them. No, okay. I'm just separating them In general them for the ADI? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so let me see what else is going on. Yeah, really questions, people. It's just uh, uh, Yeah, and for those of you that, that have my Inner Wisdom deck and Spirit Animal cards, you can put them together into one big mega deck, Yes. which is what I'm separating back out now. I was mm -hmm. going to do readings mm -hmm. with it, but uh, I'm going to separate them back while we're, while we're talking. So anyway, it was our joy and honor to take you to the door, and we wish that you guys had um, a, a profound experience of insight or wisdom. Yeah. And if not, then uh, I'm, I wish you happy trails on the path that is good for you. And is there yeah, anything else you happen. wish to say? Well, it's important that uh, we, we understand that uh, the inevitability of the planet Earth becoming an advanced world, there's nothing anybody's going to do that's going to stop it. Mm -hmm. It just won't be stopped. It's who we are. It's what we're doing. We would have all um, been living on a desert yet again uh, with uh, George Sr.'s uh, Gulf War there uh, because Saddam was quite the madman and did set off an atomic bomb, but uh, the fission was uh, reversed. And uh, that would have been the end of civilization, in particular. We would have never seen the year 2000 as a civilized species. Now, not only that, we've gone so beyond with the uh, uh, introduction of the uh, information age, which is what we've moved into, the information revolution. Every century has a revolution. Uh, the 1700s were the uh, actual revolution where kings fell. Basically, the entire domino of thrones. So many people seem so reminiscent. Have you forgotten what being a peasant is? Evidently, evidently, okay. And then the uh, dusty revolution that was industry, um, industrial revolution. It is, that was does the, put you in dust, yes. for sure. And then uh, what was the uh, uh, 1900s? What, I know revolutions occur. We have television, we have rockets. We have air flight. We have all of these things, a grand step forward, but nothing compared to this century, which is the information revolution. Mm -hmm. I can sit in front of a computer and tell you exactly how long my toenails are. 
because... Uh, this means wrapping it up. I know what it means, yes. I was telling Be the audience, of course ah. you know what it means or I wouldn't do that I to you. I thought you were that to me. <laughs> okay. So anyhow, my toenails grow at a regular rate, which I can map on a computer because I really have nothing else to do with my life at this point. So we love you all for tuning in and would love to hear from you. It was you. our joy and honor to take you to the door. Yes, and uh, spread this. Telepathic TV is one of the way showers. Mm -hmm. Indeed.